Oh, let's just pray together, please. Father, we come to you now, Lord, in the name of Jesus. And God, we always want this place to be the truth center, Lord. We're only the truth. In fact, Lord, that is your name, the truth. And we invite you to be here tonight. We pray that the spirit of truth, Lord, Lord, that would open up the eyes of our heart, the revelation that the church needs to see, that the times are urgent, Lord. And God, it is time that we step up as a people of God, Lord, and start seeing our position and our place, Lord, at these last days that we truly are in, God. And Lord, as we paint this picture, we pray, God, that you would just anoint. Anoint everything, Lord, that is said, seen, shown, looked at, and digested, God. Lord, for only your word has the keeping power, only your word has the strength to continue to carry us through, Lord. When we see the various things of our nation, various things that we have trusted in, Lord, for years, falling apart, Lord, coming apart, we pray, God, for the church of Jesus Christ truly now to be seen and to be heard in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Now, tonight's going to be different. There's going to be lots of scripture, but... There'll be times, there'll be videos, DVDs, all sorts of things. Now, the whole idea of tonight is kind of maybe a prelude to what's coming in July. Uh, why July? I don't know. If you pick September, then people ask you why September. If you pick March, why March? So, I'm not sure. Other than that, I've had it sitting on my desk for a long time, spent a lot of time looking at it, digesting it, even called Pastor Bender. Uh, he immediately went out and bought the book. In fact, when I was talking to him, he was walking past the bookstore. He immediately went out and bought the book. He devoured it, texted me back within two days and said he was shook by it. It was absolutely awesome. So, um, to the best of my ability and knowledge in God, trusting Almighty God, what we give you will be good stuff. Again, remember, I'm not trying to be politically correct. I'm not trying to be politically incorrect. I'm trying to be spiritually correct and pleasing to God, okay? So that is where we're at. The Word of God is our compass, our guide, our trip ticket, our safety valve, our filter, our plumb line. It's everything, and this is where we're getting our stuff from. So with that, just a scripture I thought of over there. Michael doesn't even have this one, which is okay. It just simply states in Hosea 4, 6, my people are destroyed, that's you and I, Christians, God's people, are destroyed for lack of knowledge. So we got to have the knowledge of God, not two plus two is four, four plus four. I don't care how to get to the moon. I just want to know who made the moon, okay? So we're not talking about earthly knowledge. We're talking about godly knowledge. So my people are destroyed for lack of godly knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, God says this, I will also reject thee, that thou should be no priest to me. We don't want that. We want to be a royal priesthood to God in these last days. We're called to be this. So we don't want to be rejected by God just because things that are going on are tough to swallow. So also he goes, seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God. Here's a scary thing. I will also forget thy children. I don't want God to forget my children. Ruth and I try to pray almost every night before we go to bed, and we're always trying to mention, God, thank you for their jobs, thank you for their homes. I don't want God to forget my children and then their children, 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 children. So as long as this earth got, we want to continue to honor and bless God and stay as close to the Word of God as I know possible. So here we go. It has to do with the tipping point. You all heard of that kind of picture, a triangle and a stick going across, and when it gets heavy too far one side, 
It's the tipping point. It goes. And Christianity has always been loved and embraced in our nation. Now, it's not always been perfect. Our nation is not perfect. But it has always been known to love God, to be Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior for many, many years. Many years. And then probably somewhere, I don't know, late 50s, 60s, this tipping point started to come. started to go like this. And what beyond the tipping point now is what's happened is it's done this. It has done this. It has tipped the other way. Whether it'll ever come back, I don't know. I, I don't know. That's up to God and God alone. Um, our job is to rise up and pray and be heard. And the church has lost its voice over the years. We've preached that for a long time. We've preached the church has been insignificant. People drive by churches and don't really think of God at all. And uh, we don't really have a voice in the land anywhere. And now we're beyond the tipping point. Now where we're ridiculed and mocked and, and people don't even believe us anymore. If you stand up and say some type of truth, they would be offended. You're a whoremonger. You hate homosexuals. You hate all that. That's, this is where we are right now. The tipping point has come and passed. Now, with that, we want to see, okay, God, what, what are you going to do with America? Uh, if I would have thought about it, which maybe I'll do later, we can show you even in the Word of God where the blessing of why America was born. Because Israel rejected its call. Remember, through the crucifixion and denying Christ and all that, they rejected their call, and God says, I'm going to give this calling to another. And I believe that was America, and America became what it's become in less than 300 years, which is mind-boggling to all the other nations that have existed for thousands of years. How we could become a superpower, have all these reservoirs of wealth underneath this land called the United States of America, simply the blessings of God so that we could do, rise up and do what we were called to do, and that was to spread the gospel only for a time because the Jews are going to come back and take that and do it right. Well, now America is in the process of turning it's back on God, just like the Jews have. So here we are, 2013, so many years later, and now we're going to look at what's happening, I believe, in Christianity in the church. And you've got to see that this is from God. You've got to see that God's in control. God's still sitting on the throne. God's still calling the shots. He really is. The clouds that you see, if there are any today, they're the dust of his feet. That's how awesome your God is. So God's not up there going, oh my gosh, holy mackerel. No, he knows exactly what's going on. We do that because we have not really lived in faith and trust in God. So here we are. Matthew 10, 32 says this. It says, Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father which is in heaven. It's kind of been a piece of cake scripture for a number of years in our land. But whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. Now there's starting to become a price to pay for standing up and saying, I'm a Christian. It's starting to happen in our land. In verse 34, God tells us this, Think not that I've come to send peace on the earth. And we have swung in our hammocks and sipped our lemonade and sang Silent Night for many years. Really not being aroused to be the church of God that we're supposed to be to be the hedge between the, uh, the dead and the living. We really haven't done it. And so God now is shaking everything, everything, attempting to wake up the church of the Lord. So he says, think not I've come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace but a sword. This is the words of God. 
For I've come to set a man at variance against his father and the daughter against his mother and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's foe shall be they of his own household. Well, why is that? That's because one son is going to fall in love with God and another isn't. Okay, and that's going to cause that friction. Light and darkness, and they never get along. They never get along. And God says, that's what's going to happen when you accept me who is light. All right, so now that's been kind of shaded. Our, our light in America and darkness in America has been kind of grayish. Well, it's coming into focus now real sharp. And we're going to find out which side we're standing on. So now it says, a man's foes shall be of his own household. Household. The DiVincenzo household. The Moore household. The whatever household you're from. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. In other words, if I'm going to decide to serve God, and one of my children are having difficulty serving God, I am not to cool off and back off to appease them. It's like, I love God more than that. In fact, I remember telling my son, if I could, I'd stick you in one of my pockets and take you to heaven with me. But I can't. I'm going to give you the best foundation I can. And when you become of age, I'm going to send you in your, your little uh, boat of life and shove you and tell you, go straight. And if you go left and right, it's up to you. And so this is what that's talking about. There's nobody that can come before the Heavenly Father, before your Lord. So 38 says, he that taketh not his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. And there's a lot of this in American Christianity. We have not taken up our cross. We've made jewelry out of them. We hang them around our necks or rings or pins or bumper stickers, whatever. But taking it on, what it really means, a cross is an instrument of death. Death, okay? God is saying, you've got to die to follow me. So this is what he's talking about here. And now all this is now becoming more prominent than ever because God is shaking, shaking, and shaking. Those that are fake Christians are not going to take up their cross. Those that are fake Christians are not going to uh, want to be persecuted. You know, it'll be obvious, and this is what God's doing. He that findeth his life shall lose it. Okay? And he that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. God says, if you give me your life... At this time and age, wherever you're at, in this dispensation, 2013, if you give me your life, you will find it. If you grab it, hang on to it, and say, no, I'm hanging on to what's all mine, God said, you'll lose it. It's going to fall right through, and you're not going to have anything. Okay, Matthew 25, 32. And before him, this is what's, I believe, taking place now. Because a lot of times we would scratch our heads and say, is that a Christian? And through, through my, almost my 40 years of being saved, we're like, what? I don't know. They're saying certain things, but I don't, I don't think. Well, it's going to become very obvious. Verse 25 says, And before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. And so the separation is starting to take place now. Look, and it's coming in the way of persecution. It's coming right now, Christianity. Uh, there are so many places where Christianity now is not accepted nor wanted. It's just the way it is. Isn't it true? You've seen it. If you've read the news, you've poked your head out of the sand, 
you can see that it's happening, okay? And it's happening for a reason. It's going to be a natural separation that's going to come. <clears throat> now, I came across something that kind of kicked this whole thought and idea to start off tonight. Next Sunday morning, I'll be preaching regularly. Next Sunday night, my son will be preaching. Then we'll be into July, which I will be preaching normally on the mornings, and then diving into what we were talking about, the harbinger, these last days, these signs, the omens, the various things that are falling upon our nation and what the church needs to do. First of all, you've got to grasp this, understand it, see it, and then hopefully it will cause you to make a move. But and someone I really, I don't know if I've ever really listened to a complete sermon. I don't think I have. And, uh, but I just heard this um, Pastor John MacArthur speak briefly to his congregation uh, right after the election of last year. Now, again, look, this is not the anti-Obama, anti-Democrat, anti-political. It's pro-Scripture and pro-God. Okay, so this is where we are. They're just trying to be truthful and honest so that you kind of understand what is going on with this crazy world. What's happening? Uh, I remember being in shock when the banking system started falling. I'm like, what? This ain't the 30s. What are you talking about? The banks always work right around here. And when it was like, what? Are you kidding me? And all these people started going bankrupt in these huge. So it's here. We've got to face it. And I just stumbled across this. Um, it's not a video that you can watch. You've got to listen. You're adults. You've got to listen. It's about, um, uh, actually, I think I forgot to tell Michael, around a minute and 50 seconds into it is where I really want you to start listening. Uh, so you can maybe just run it and mute it for like a minute and 50. Give me thumbs up when you're ready. Because he's just trying to comfort his church and say some things to him and tell him we are entering in a time where our church is going to be more profitable than ever before. And that's where I believe we are here at New Hope. God has planted us and has uh, brought us to this age in our life, existence as a church, as a body, the ability, the insight that he has given us in the word of God for such a time as this. Our growth, our insight into the word, our uh, resisting all the fads and silly doctrines that have come along in our life. All those stuff have got to be thrown out the door. They're a waste of time. They bring uh, no strength, no stability. They bring no direction, no comfort, no peace. All that prosperity stuff, all that grab it stuff, all that's nonsense. Nonsense now. We are under the judgment of God. The United States of America is under the judgment of God. That's not nice to say. I'm not getting a, a joy saying that, but that's just the way it is. It is. And if I'm a pastor and I don't tell you, I'm going to hear about it later from Almighty God. Why didn't you warn my people? We are under the judgment of God. That's just the way it is. Okay. Did I talk for a minute and 50 seconds? Real close? Okay. Okay, so he finally gets to the point where he might say, I think it starts off somewhere like, the election probably didn't turn out the way you thought. Because we were hoping for uh, a man's solution, were we not? We were hoping for a man's solution, maybe a man different direction uh, for America. Oh, I forget, that, that's not, God isn't into politics, okay? Uh, hold on to all your, God's not a Republican, Okay? Just, just so you know that. God's in the theology, theocracy. God's an eye roll. 
the buck stops here. That's what God says. So this is what he says. It's going to be, I can't remember what I said, maybe eight to nine minutes long. Listen, don't wander. Don't get distracted. He lays it out pretty awesome. I've listened to it like six times. Let's do it. Okay, so there you go. All right, I thought he summed it up pretty good. Um, made some very good points. Uh, I remember the moral majority a number of years ago. Uh, I kind of liked that. I thought, man, yeah, that's a catchy little phrase there. there we are a, a, a moral people. I can't quite remember what year that was or whenever it was. Uh, but it rose to some power and then kind of fizzled. And the idea is just look where we are now. Were we better for it? You know, it had a, maybe a 20-year span. And did it le- left us in a running position ahead of what's... No, we're actually worse. You know, it was a man idea. It was, you know... Not a horrible idea, but when, you're, when your efforts and money and that goes into man's system, then your result is just what we have, okay? So it's time for us as people of God to just put our efforts into God, into God, knowing God, crying out to God, interceding like God has told us to do. Now, they, if, you just, if you remember just last year, just in November or prior to that, one of our party's platforms was they did not want to recognize Jerusalem as the capital of Israel, and they didn't want to have any recognition of God. Uh, Not at all. None at all. And they were uh, pro-abortion and uh, pro-homosexuality, gay marriage. Um, And that was their, they stated that, and they said that openly. Openly. You remember that? And then they tried to reverse their stand because it caused a ripple through the nation, they tried to reverse their stand, but they made it their, into their platform, so they then had to bring it to the people to vote. Remember, and he says, all those um, say, yay, yay, all those say no. And it was equal. The no's were out screaming the yay's. Is that it? Um, did you watch it? So it's safe, right? Mike Ross says, this is, this is fact now. We're just showing you plain fact that happened. Actions of the people. That's what that's showing you, okay? It's not pinpointing, well, those good for nothing. No, we're not. We're just showing you where our nation now has fallen, okay? They wanted nothing to do with that, and actually uh, him passing that was illegal because they didn't have the two-thirds. Uh, they had to stand by there, but they felt that they were in political trouble, and so they just passed it right in front of them, even though they were saying no. So um, this is where how far we have fallen. And because of that, then that starts the hand of judgment from God starting upon our nation. God, see, what we do as people, we use, we uh, misinterpret God's grace, period. God will give you, get this right or this is going to happen. In that grace period, because God is long-suffering, and because of that long-suffering, we think, nah, there, nothing's going to happen. And that's what we have done. You know, even as a church, we've been inactive. We really haven't been bombarding heaven like saints are supposed to. We're really not standing between the living and the dead because who wants to do that? Uh, We're uncommitted. We just are as American Christians. Um, We're not running to caves at 3 in the morning for prayer meetings like in China, in Vietnam, India, where they're having tremendous moves of God and tremendous salvations, pastors here can still at this moment say pretty much what they want to without being thrown in jail like Pastor Stade or Stid, whatever, who's still there. 
in in jail, in prison, maybe dead by now, just because he went over there and uh, wanted to start a Christian church, which he had already done, and then they just decided to arrest him and throw him in jail. Now, so because this stuff has happened to a sleeping giant, which the church is in America, uh, man has come and sowed his bad seed all through the land, and now we are reaping, okay? So when we have another election, we're saying, there's no way this stuff's going to pass. We find that it passed. Now, that's because the tipping point has happened. The God-fearing people are now way outnumbered by the people who just really don't care about God in America, which is supposed to be a Christian nation. That moves the hand of God. So he talked about Romans a lot, so we'll, we'll look at Romans, and this is impossible to, to finish. Um, so whenever I just get to a certain time here, uh, we'll just stop and take it up the next time we get into it. So we're going to start with Romans 1.18. It says this, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness. And now we're finally seeing it. We're seeing the wrath of God finally starting to move upon our nation. Did you catch him say, he feels like the resistance is going to get less and less? The resistance is the presence of God that keeps the people somewhat in check with morality. The resistance is when you're about to do something bad, you think, oh, I shouldn't. Oh, I better not. And so you don't. That's going to get less and less, and people are just going to do it. Because God is withdrawing where sin keeps abounding, and they keep rejecting God. So he says, if you don't want me, I'll leave. And we don't realize what we're sending off. The protection, that's why we have, we've been attacked. The protection is gone. We'll see that as we go into uh, uh, attacked on our own soil. So the most sophisticated radar system Press a button, jets will be up in seconds, and no one sees nothing, and we get attacked. That's because God has blinded the judgment. God is saying, attack. I don't like that, but that's the truth. And here's why. Romans 1.18 says, for the wrath of God is revealed, and we're seeing it now. That's why we're even having uh, sessions like this starting. Heavens against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold or suppress the truth in unrighteousness, okay? So for the wrath of God is now being revealed. We can see it like never before. It's uncomfortable. It's sad. That's why now when you drive by and you see the American flag flapping in the wind, you have that, oh, our flag, and then you go, oh, our poor country, because it's being revealed. It's now becoming obvious to most that are, have any indication, have, have their pulse at all upon the heartbeat of God. You can feel that and sense that. Ungodliness refers to man's offenses against God, whatever they are. And God tells us that night is as day to me. Because the policeman will tell you, you know, the majority of crimes are done at night because we're not seen. You get away with it. But God says it's as day. So when we're doing all our ungodly deeds, it's like we're going like this, and it's broad daylight, like all this light on me. I'm not hiding from you. But this is what we're doing, thinking we're getting away. And so God says, all that ungodliness, I'm now going to start to judge. And ungodliness refers to man's offenses against God. Unrighteousness, the sins of man against man. We have some hideous crimes lately that have never happened ever. 
They're hideous. They're crazy. Insane crimes. They're like, what? And they've been happening so long now, we're starting to get numb to them. You know, father throws three kids off, his, off the bridge and drowns and shoots himself. We're like, jeez, what the Reds do? I mean, that's just kind of, it's because it's been happening so much and st- stuff. You know, fathers would have thrown themselves off the bridge to save their children. Now it's the other way around. And that's because as, as the presence of God leaves and that protection and what he brings that, that, that we don't even recognize is starting to get less and less and less and less. So, who surpasses or suppresses the truth in unrighteousness? Is that going on in our land? Suppressing of the truth? When school starts next uh, August, give your son a Bible. Tell him to go to school. Or give him some godly t-shirt. Tell him to go to school. Or some public building or some government building. So go see if you can do something godly. It's being suppressed. Laws are being passed and made. Taking down the Ten Commandments. Taking down World War II or one memorials because the Ten Commandments might be engraved in there or godliness is engraved. Taking them down. I think it's the Ten Commandments that are written on the chamber's doors of the Supreme Court. And when they closed them, and it was made when they closed this and have to make some huge decision, the Ten Commandments and, the, and the, what the artwork is facing them. And they were always to judge according to that. Now when they make some type of ruling, they leave the doors open. They don't want to see it. Okay? So this is where we're, we're at and where we have fallen. So there's a suppression of truth. I am never really invited or allowed in schools unless somebody commits suicide and they want someone to go in and grieving classes or whatever they call them. And it's so foolish. Don't you think you should have me in there before? Why after? But they still don't. So this is what's going on. Every truth revealed to man by God has been fought against, absolutely fought against, disregarded, and deliberately obscured. We don't want that. You understand, if those kids see that Ten Commandments, it might affect their lives. You see how foolish we've become. And that also is a judgment from God. The foolishness. Do you understand? You think your wisdom just because you're born smart? It, it comes from God. People are gifted with the ability to invent and think and do things that are unbelievable. All comes from God. And when you start going like this, you can't, you can't even do two plus two. You'll just say, well, two plus two used to be four. They're really trying hard now. So if they get three or five, it's close enough, pass them. And because they're dummy and dumb. Because they've lost the blessing of God on us. They've lost it. All the... Well, we'll just say the Jews, there are many others, uh, even the Germans, all those great scientists that the Nazis were chasing out, we took them and they helped us make things to to defeat. They were intelligent, super intelligent. So that comes from God and God alone. All right, so we just come up with another common everyday thing that we see on the news anymore and it doesn't even hardly move us anymore. And I did not look for this one. I just happened to find it, and I found it interesting that it was the state of Oklahoma. You got it, Michael? 
Not muted, is it, Mikey? Ben Lane's back there shadowing Mike because Ben wants to be used, and so Mike's just letting him know how to work under extreme pressure. <laughs> just showing him how it's done. This was all planned so that Ben would get a good teaching of it as the silence is deafening. It does. Okay. Thank you anyway. What happened in that clip was, and I believe it was just uh, last year maybe, they're talking about they've had for decades, they've had the Ten Commandments in every classroom, every classroom. And one kid, one 14-year-old or 15-year-old teenager who said he's not anti-God, it's just not fair to everybody, and so they took him down. So they took him down. And see, that, this, that is the suppressing of the truth to all the kids that are going to go through those doors from all the years later. All the years, they're not going to see that. They're not going to hear about it. What's the Ten Commandments? That's what's going to come to in a number of more years. What's the Ten Commandments? I mean, you see now every once in a while on Facebook, you'll see a, 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 a something, what? An old telephone booth, and they'll say, you old enough to know what this is? Some of our children go, what's that? What's that? That's where I used to call Ruth for dates. Ting, 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 ting. Ruth, ting, ting. Remember putting it in? That's what's going to happen. Ten Commandments. They're going to go, God? What? Who's that? And that's already happening in our nation. And so that was just to show you again, to see visible proof. This is some channel in Oklahoma. And I'm not going to say, although I found it interesting, Oklahoma's being smashed, uh, it seems like, like crazy this year. Uh, they actually said, you know what? We really can't. The Supreme Court has said, and if we fight this, it is going to be a multi-million dollar lawsuit. We just can't do it or we're taking them down. Well, I wonder how much it cost them cleanup yeah. and weather. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that God, because God should throw a tornado in all of our cities. But I'm just saying, look, yeah. you, you think you're saving money? By saying no to God and yes to man, it's crazy. So just remember that. As persecution starts and starts getting personal, you better remember the time to stand up and be heard. Like that 10-minute clip said, our job is to come against sin. That's the way it was, it's supposed to be. Whether the nation you live in passed laws and saying it's okay or not. I mean, that's just the way it is. So now, we move on to Romans 10 after 8. Uh, Romans 1.19. It says, Now, because that which may be known of God is manifested in them, for God hath shown it unto them. Okay? I'm looking at that, and I'm reading that, and I say, Okay, I kind of understand what it means, but it's almost a tongue twister. NIV simply says this, verse 19, they know the truth about God because He has made it obvious to them. Every one of us. I don't care where you go. Watch National Geographic. Watch some odd station that does that kind of stuff. Anywhere, any native, any uh, somebody, some in the farthest, darkest place everywhere has some form of worship. Some, whatever it is. And that has come from God has placed that into all people. So God is saying, they know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them. And here's how. 
Verse 20, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. Clearly seen. Did you see the moon last night? Oh, my gosh, just hanging out there like a huge orange. Where's the hooks holding it up? In fact, my wife and I were out on the, out on the deck, and I said, there's supposed to be a super moon tonight. That's where we were the closest ever, and we're looking, and we, said, oh, we don't see nothing. We got to talking and doing whatever. Next thing you know, there it is. It looked like it, somebody just stuck it there all of a sudden. And then we talked a little bit more, and then all of a sudden it's way up there. We're like, I, I didn't even see it move. The invisible things. How could you look at that huge moon and not glorify God? Not look at it and say, wow, what? Didn't you even do that before you were saved? <clears throat> before you even knew God? Sometimes you just see some various things and you just, you just kind of go, wow. Oh, well. And you might dismiss it right away, but you're kind of like, woof, man. Like a fresh fallen snow before your kids run all through it. It just kind of glisters like glitter. It's perfect. It's just awesome. It's coming down like crazy but not making a sound. It's just unbelievable. And this is what he's talking about here. Being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Who? Everybody. Whether you're born in Zanesville, Ohio, or whether you're born in Uganda or Romania, where Pastor Dan is, or wherever. Everywhere people got to go, everybody saw that moon last night. They saw something like that sometime in their life. His invisible attributes are clearly seen. They are. We've talked about the bumblebee, where man is saying it's absolutely uh, impossible for the bumblebee to fly. The way it's made, the big bumblebee on the bumble side and his tiny little wing. He just can't. Dumb thing, just can't. You see, man, when he makes his little wings and he tries to go off the thing with water under it, what's he do? God makes one and thing goes. Look at the bee. Check its wings out. You'd think that would be like, you know, from here to the, because the way his body is built. And so that's another thing this is talking about. These uh, various creations, his eternal power through divine nature, his creation by the various things that are made. It gives us a general revelation that somebody awesome is around. Something awesome more than man is around. A man can make some beautiful uh, resorts. I mean, he really can. He can make some awesome resorts. And then you, you can see some unbelievable scenes of, of nature in various parts. You're like, wow, it blows away what man does. Just blows it away. Uh, when we had a chance to be on some Caribbean thing, a cruise or whatever, we're, we're left, the, you know, the water's kind of grayish blue. And I don't know, after I'm not panicked anymore, I finally go to the railing and look. And that blue changes. It's unbelievable, the color of the ocean. Unbelievable. And then we go to wherever we're going, we get off, and you go back to the beach. It's crystal clear. You could drop a dime on it and see the dime, whether it's heads or tails. And you're just amazed by God's power. I was sitting with our grandsons on the porch uh, the other day, and I just, I don't know why, I just said, you guys ever think of flowers? Where do they come from? Look at all the different flowers. I know these are fake, but they represent something. Look at them. I mean, they're just like, are you kidding me? How can you even come up with that many flowers? That is what it's talking about. 
have a video for you. You'll remember this video. We used to pray to this one. It's awesome. Just absolutely awesome as you see some, very some small percentage of the glory of God. And Ben, this one better work. Yes, awesome. Love this beginning. You're on there somewhere. Now that's some good preaching. That is good preaching. Everybody that says there is no God, maybe God will run that little video in heaven and say, what? How could you not believe? I mean, absolutely true, is it not? So the invisible things are clearly seen. You saw the bumblebee take off there. And everybody is going to stand before God without excuse. And so when a nation such as ours goes past the tipping scale, all of a sudden it starts moving the hand of judgment upon the nation. And this is what's happening to us. Psalms 14.1 says, The full have said, There's no God. The full. 14.1, The full hath said in his heart, There is no God. So God says, They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none that doeth good. None. None whatsoever. And so, I think we will just end there. Let's all stand please, and do me a favor. When I get into a a study like this, I think I swept twice as hard than than I do other times because uh, it's, um, I don't know, it's just mind-boggling to try to speak on behalf of God all the time, not alone when there's judgment involved in eternity and all the various things. So just pray that God leads and guides me that I can bring truth to you uh, the best that I can, that you can retain it so that you have the knowledge of God, so that when people around you or family members are starting to panic, when things start to fall apart like they already are, you'll have something to say and give them, to give them. Our faith in God now is being tested and it must become real, real. If you've had a superficial walk with God, you're not going to last. You're going to be swept away in fear. You're going to be swept away in panic as the various things come down the road and, and laws. And uh, Patrick, if we could just dim the lights some, just give every one of us a, an opportunity to come to this altar to kind of like just recommit. And I'm not saying that you're not saved. Uh, I'm not saying that at all. I'm talking just from an experience of what the position I hold is going to be targeted. It's actually targeted already. And I tell God all the time, and I've told you before, those of you who are my age, I tell God, I'm no John Wayne. Lord, you're going to have to do something supernatural in me to keep me from running, to keep me to stand and proclaim your truth. I'm not going to say to God, well, I'll do it, just send. No, I want to be a blessing to God. I want to be used by God. But I want to tell God, I need your help. And so that's what we're going to do right now. Our altars are open. If you just want to come and reaffirm and say, God, I believe. I believe, God. But Lord, help my unbelief. I believe, Lord, and I can see the hand of God coming. Lord, I don't quite understand the purpose, but God is going to reveal it to you as we go further into this study. Tell your friends, tell those who are just kind of sluggish and don't want to come to church on Sunday night, maybe don't see a reason, try to set a fire under them so that they can see this and they will stand in that day. 
our altars are open, spend a little time with God first, please. If you do not know Christ, please come. If you've never had a relationship with the Lord, never came to a point in your life where you're saying, God, here is my life, you must come today. Not only must you come, you must come and tell me. You must say, I don't have this and I want it. If you're here, you're not here by circumstance. You're not here by luck, no such thing. God brought you here. God knew exactly what we were going to look at. If you're the one, you're the two, you're the three, come. Come, we'll talk to you about God. Father, we thank you for tonight, Lord. But God, we here at New Hope are not foolish enough to think that, God, we can handle this. Lord, that we are prepared, we are ready, God. Father, we're asking that you would fill us with the Spirit of Almighty God right now. Even now, Lord Jesus, to get us through the remainder of this day. Lord, that you would anoint our ears that we could hear from heaven, Lord. And Lord, that we can even hear the, the enemy, Lord, when he's around. Anoint our eyes, O oh God, that we truly can see in the heavenly, see the spiritual realm that is more true and more real than this natural realm, Lord. Open the eyes of our heart, Lord God, that we have understanding of the day and age that we live in. Our purpose for being here, Lord. Our purpose is not to be a bank teller or a truck driver, Lord God. Lord, our purpose is to be men and women of God, disciples of Christ. We thank you for our jobs, Lord. But Lord, we ask that you would help us help the church to catch the vision, the urgency, Lord. Let the 